Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. We'll get things started off with the Montana Football Hour. Montana, a 42-7 victor over Western Illinois on Saturday night. Montana State, a 45-7 victor over Drake. Those two scores sound pretty similar, pretty similar dominant efforts as well. So we'll take you through all of that. We got sound ready for you from Bobby Houck, as well as uh, Cam Humphrey, Malik Flowers. Also from the Bobcats side of things, Brent Vegan, head coach for MSU, as well as Daniel Hardy and Ty Okada, a couple standout defensive players on that side of things. Our number two, very excited for this as well. A new addition to the show with a guy that's been around here a couple times, but excited to welcome him in as a consistent contributor to this show, Marty Morningwig, former Grizz quarterback and a guy that coached in the NFL for more than 20 years, made stops in Green Bay, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Baltimore, Coach guys like Brett Favre, Steve Young, Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, the list goes on and on and on. He'll be joining us every Monday from 5 to 5.30, and it'll be the Monday afternoon quarterback with Marty Morningweg, and we'll get you through all that NFL action. going to do a little good, bad, and ugly when it comes to everything that was in the NFL. And then 5.30, man, what a crazy weekend around Western Montana, man. The Missoula Paladins are into the championship game as well. A championship series, I should say. They had a championship game win over the Idaho Falls Chuckers on Saturday. So now... They get a chance to play for all the marbles beginning tonight. So Jeff Savard, the boys, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, will join us here about 5.30 as well. Riley, we'll get things started today. The Montana Football Hour, by the way, is pre- presented in part by Stockman Bank and in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Happy to have Brett's RV and Marine on the show. Thank you so much for the support. And uh, they're big-time Grizz and Bobcat supporters as well. But Brett's RV and Marine... You can go get pre-qualified today. They have the largest inventory, and they are the largest overall 
RV dealers in all of Montana. Brett's RV currently showcasing the best inventory in the state at volume discount prices with a service department that stands behind their products. Brett's RV and Marine also leads Montana RV sales and has been a family-owned RV dealership for more than 50 years. With 75 RV and boat brands to choose from, Brett's RV offers the largest inventory anywhere under the big sky. So stop by today and check out all the beautiful RVs that they have down there at 4800 Grant Creek Road. Start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Riley, I want to start by asking you a personal question. You're the voice of the Grizzlies. Say, this could be dangerous. Yeah, no, no, okay, no. You're okay. the voice of the Grizzlies. You <laughs> take a lot of pride in what you do. I got a lot of respect for the prep and time that you put into your, your calls. You're always so well prepared. But from a play-by-play guy perspective, watching a defense that plays like Montana, this has to be a dream come true, right? I mean, you don't have to bring any sort of energy. These guys just bring it for you. That's such a great way to set that up, Coulter. I mean, with the way these guys fly around, it is a dream. And you can feel the energy immediately from the – I mean, every play. I mean, they finish plays. They tackle so well. The scheme's fun to watch, right? Because we don't know where the pressure's coming from, the way they disguise it nonstop. And then the athletes that you see on the field. Not only, and the linebackers are getting a ton of love right now. They really should. Marcus Wellnow, Patrick O'Connor, the two guys everyone's talking about. Jace Lewis has been so solid. But... All three levels of the defense. I mean, the back end is, I think, the biggest improvement point. Justin Ford and Omar Hicks-Onu are creating a lot of opportunities for the rest of this front six, front seven to go after it. It is so much fun to call this Grizzly defense now where, you know what, play-by-play guys usually love points and they love shootouts, touchdowns, the big moment, all that stuff. It's not the case with this Grizzly defense. Well, when you go roll up like 15 tackles for loss, it gives you quite a few plays to get a uh, good call on. I, I think, honestly, I need to work on my sack calls more because <laughs> right. there might be just as many sacks as touchdowns this year, which is kind of a mind-blowing number, but you're totally right. Absolutely. And it, it, I will say this, too. I know that football has gravitated towards this offensive-minded uh, consumption, whether it's because of fantasy football in the NFL level or red zone phenomenon in the NFL or just the way the offense is being played or the way the game's being called but I thought that, no question but I thought that my my former housemate who I lived with for four and a half years he's a big time football guy uh, he's an Ohio State and a Grizz fan through and through both of them and he t- he went to the game on Saturday he texted me he goes I can't explain to you how cool it is to watch great defense being played live and in person we're all sort of addicted to the the red zone nature of, of football whether it's uh NFL or college, but it's so true, man. In a in, in person in a packed house like it was Saturday night at Washington Grizzly Stadium, you can score all the touchdowns in the world. There's nothing like a third down when Patrick O'Connell comes off the edge. Or I mean, I thought the the point in the game where Western Illinois just broke is they had an interception and they returned it deep into Grizz territory. And like two or three plays later, Patrick O'Connell comes off the edge, gets a strip sack fumble, bam, Montana's back in business. The emotion actually feeds off the defense this yeah. year. I mean, and I think the offense fuels off of it too, where even in that game on Saturday, it's a quarter and a half where it's kind of, all right, seven, nothing. Sure. What, what kind of game is this going to be? The offense fed off the energy the defense was providing. It's going to be fun to watch all year long. This is a special group, and we're going to have, what, two to three months to chronicle this from a historical yep. perspective. Yep. But it's very fair to say, Coulter, this is one of the best defenses ever. Might be the best defense since 2000, 2001 for the Grizz. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting to analyze because – I think that the part that makes this defense so hard to put into, to, to really analyze, well, what am I trying to say here? The I don't know if there is a Croy Bierman or a Tremaine Johnson on this defense, but there's so many really good players. That's the point that's so startling. 
I think that's, I mean, you could say remove this guy, remove this guy, remove this guy, remove this guy. It doesn't matter. I mean, pretty much every guy on the defense has a comparable, if not really good, it's not, backup's the wrong word, but a, a guy that's on the two deep with them. I, I think that fans and everyone else maybe gets bored to death hearing the word depth. Oh, they have a lot of depth. Well, guess what? That's why this Grizzly defense is so good. To your point, that if a guy's out week to week, the way they're rotating on the defensive line, I mean, the fact, someone like a Diari Todd, number 50 defensive end, he never got on the field at Michigan State. Now he's cracking the two deep at Montana. He gets his first sack, and he's kind of a forgotten star. They're, They're just littered throughout the entire defense, and absolutely agree with your point there. Ryan Elliott, second-year head coach for Western Illinois. I guess it's his third season because this is his second season this year. But he's been at the helm since the 2018 year was his first year. So I guess this is his third year and a fourth season. I don't know. I'm they all they call it fourth season yeah, at sure. least, but right. Regardless, yes. Ryan Elliott's been on the show a couple times. We did not get around to getting to him last week. But he uh, gave a couple minutes on the Montana defense. So rather than hear from the Grizz first, let's hear from Western Illinois' head coach because he gave a little bit of a perspective on not only this Grizz defense as a whole, but how much they've improved since 2018. The Grizzly defense. Yeah, I thought it was a real deal. And, um, you know, we, we knew they were really good watching them on tape. You walk off the field, see them in the proportion. They're the real deal. Comparing and contrasting, what did you see from the film last week against Washington? And then, I mean, how do you compare that to what they did today? I mean, was it similar or, I mean, was it more startling? What did you think of this in person? Yeah, no, I, I, I was really impressed. You know, um, they had great players. They run a great scheme. You know, they didn't do anything different. They just do it really well. And um, credit to credit to those guys. And, and uh, you know, again, I, you're, you're, there's no question that's one of the better defensive groups in the Broadly, their defensive scheme is similar in, you know, premise to when you guys played in 2018. How do you think it's sort of diversified or, or improved based on the personnel and, and just the development they've done? Yeah, I think the personnel's better um, than what we played in the team. Um, and they, they definitely have added some wrinkles. And, um, you know, they, they create some some unusual box looks for you and, and where they place the buck. And, and they make you communicate at a very high level. And, um, and, and they, they do some really good things scheme-wise. The kids play very fast, um, very hard, and, and they're confident with them. That is spot, like you said, the buck, or whatever Montana calls it. But they bring 58 off the edge a lot. But the way that they change their fronts and the way that they sort of smokescreen you with the, the variety of pressures, how hard is that? It's obvious. Yeah, it makes you communicate. And it makes you communicate at a really high level. And, and uh, you know, that's what offensive football is all about. Right? You, you know, you've got to have a bunch of guys that can do their 111 and do their job. And, and uh, if there's any doubt or, or um, any hesitancy in, in what you're you're doing or, or who we're IDing in our protections or run game, it, 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 uh, it can make you play slow. And, and, and I thought that that was a little bit of the case tonight. You know, and again, credit to Montana does a great job moving him around and, and presents a lot of different pictures for you pre-snap. And, and, um, and so, you know, and then you know, you, you couple that with uh, being in this type of, type of environment and atmosphere, it makes the, the, communi- the communication piece that much more difficult. Yeah, I mean, first game here in 21 months under the lights. So, I mean, did it, did it play a factor tonight? You know, I, I, th- I think uh, there, there were times it did, yes. Um, I, you know, but I think we were prepared for it. You know, we, we... 
that is font, like you said, the buck, or whatever Montana calls it, but they bring 58 off the edge a lot. But the way that they change their fronts and the way that they sort of smoke screen you with the, the variety of pressures, how hard is that? Yeah, it makes you communicate, and it makes you communicate at a really high level. And, and uh, you know, that's what offensive football is all about, man. You, you know, Got to have a bunch of guys that can do their 111 and do their job. And uh, if there's any doubt or, or um, any hesitancy in, in what you're you're doing or, or who we're IDing in our protections or run game, it, 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 uh, it can make you play slow. And, and, and I thought that that was a little bit of the case tonight. You know, and again, credit to Montana does a great job moving him around and, and presents a lot of different pictures for you pre-snap. And and, um, and so you know, and then you know, you, you couple that with. Uh, being in this type of, type of environment and atmosphere, it makes the, the, communi- the communication piece that much more difficult. Yeah, I mean, first game here in 21 months under the lights. So, I mean, did it, did it play a factor tonight? You know, I, I, th- I think uh, there, there were times it did, yes. Um, I, you know, I think we were prepared for it. You know, we, we knew it was going to be a, a great environment for, for a college football game. And, but, uh, but no, no doubt it's, it's, it, it creates another another layer of just concentration and focus and communication um, you know, that you typically don't have to. Ryan Elliott, the head coach for Western Illinois, following his team's 42-7 loss at Montana on Saturday. We're going to get to Bobby Houck's thoughts on the Grizzly defensive execution as well. But, John, touch on the Montana State game. Uh, obviously, the premier game in the state of Montana this last week. This was actually in my personal recollection. By the way, listen to Nuanez now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. Joining me, Coulter Nuanez, here in the Northwest Motorsports Studio. This is the Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank has 36 locations around the state of Montana. They're in Montana, only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. Uh, the premier game was in was in Missoula uh, because this is a Missouri Valley Big Sky Conference crossover game. Western Illinois, um, although they have struggled the last couple years, just two victories uh, in the 2019 and then 2021 spring seasons combined, they have a lot of talent. I actually thought they had quite a bit of talent on both sides of the ball. Um, but obviously the Missouri Valley Big Sky Conference crossover is going to get a lot of headlines, especially when the other game at Montana State was against a Pioneer Football League team in Drake that doesn't really have, they don't, not really, they don't have scholarships. So uh, Montana, an expected 45, Montana State, excuse me, expected 45 to 7 victory over Drake. But uh, the Bobcats, I think that they did what you'd expect them to do in terms of defensive execution. I think Drake had 24 yards uh, in the first half. They really just sort of suffocated them uh, in building a 24 to 7 lead. Um, Drake was selling out all the way on the Bobcat run game, which we'll get to. Brent Deegan's thoughts on why uh, why Montana State's run game was a little bit limited in this one. But a couple things to point out. First of all, I think Montana State's front seven is playing at a really high level, and uh, that was expected given the personnel, but maybe a question mark given the scheme change. They went from running an odd man front with guys like Amandre Williams and Troy Anderson playing off the edge. Now Williams has got his hand in the dirt, as does Daniel Hardy. Troy Anderson's playing stand-up inside linebacker. So a uh, little bit of, of skepticism on how those guys would adjust, but they look fast. Uh, they look efficient in their movements to the ball. They look like they got the reads and the run fits and all that stuff down. Uh, th- I think the, uh, the influx of talent on the back end, including the additions of transfer safeties, Jeffrey Manning and Trey Webb have really paid dividends for the Bobcats as well. But they're playing really fast defensively. And uh, on offense, 
Something Bobcat fans haven't seen in quite some time. Uh, an efficient and uh, functional pass game. Matt McKay was pretty good. He threw three touchdowns on Saturday. I think he still has a lot of room to improve, but that's a good thing because they have not seen much in terms of a passing game. But uh, got a lot of guys involved. Lance McCutcheon had his best career day. Seven t- catches for 121 yards and a touchdown for the Bozeman product. Willie Patterson got two touchdowns, the first two touchdowns of his career. Got himself in some hot water because he did a backflip after his second one. He didn't go back in the game for a little while after that one, so <laughs> new new head coach wasn't uh, wasn't thrilled with that. But yeah, at the end of the day, first victory for for Brent Vegan. So Riley, I know you had no eyes on this because it was the exact same time as the Grizz game. You know, the funny thing is there was about a half of an eyeball looking at it because we had it up in our booth. We had the cat game and then the Grizz game and then our live stat feed with the game playing out in front of us. I'm just really impressed. You said the one word that I was going to describe MSU the way I've seen it, efficiency. I think Matt McKay has been phenomenally efficient. 72% completion rate through the first two games, five touchdowns, hasn't turned the ball over yet. So Montana State looks pretty good. Again, quality of opponent, neither here nor there, very solid. And uh, I was impressed by their performance as well. Tayo Kata is sort of the linchpin. These these new age defenses now, I think the one point I got to make is a lot of people gauge scheme. I know scheme is sort of not something that a lot of football observers want to really dive all the way into. Gets a little bit of the minutia. It's a little bit complicated. People just like to sort of understand football at its broad level, and that's, and that's totally fine. But one thing I got to emphasize is that the position of Nickelback has evolved and transformed so much. It used to be your nickelback was your third corner. He's just the guy that comes in the game when the other teams are in a three-wide receiver set. Well, guess what? Nobody runs a fullback anymore. No one. Everybody runs a, a three-wide receiver set. Most of the time, they're running a four-wide receiver set if you count the tight end or the two tight ends or whatever. So the nickel is not just the guy who's matched up on the slot anymore. Oftentimes, the nickel is playing down in the box. Oftentimes, the nickel is like an extra linebacker in the run fits. But then oftentimes he does have to guard the slot as well. So I think that's worth noting because you look at Montana's nickel, Nash Fouch, you look at Montana State's nickel, Ty Okada. These guys are not just like your Dre Bly little, little fast corners. These guys can hit and they can tackle. They're like safeties. They're the ultimate X factor in the defense. And they, they change up the versatility for what each defensive coordinator wants to do. And I would say more than anything else, Coulter, you look at the nickel to see the change in scheme. Even going back to Washington, Buki Radley Hiles is their nickel guy. Yeah, yeah. And he came in from Oklahoma and he is their ultimate stud. But he sure. can fly around. And it just seems like to me the nickel plays so freely in defenses now that you have to to be aware of where they're at. And a guy that is sort of the linchpin of Montana State's defense is their nickelback, Ty Alcada. He could play safety. He played safety uh, about seven games as a starter last year. But he's playing that nickel spot now, and he's great in run game support. Uh, he flies around. He's great tackling in space. More than anything, he's just a dang good interview. Here's a, just a brief bit from Ty Alcada on Montana State's defensive performance. Hills is 2.2 yards per carry. they running the football. Uh, what did you like about your, your run defense specifically? I mean, the guys up front dominated. Our linebackers are fast as heck. You know, Troy and Cal run into the ball. You know, I, it's it's at this point, it's the expectation, and we took care of business. Love to see that out of our guys executing up front. And even, you know, when, when things do break, we've got guys like Jeff, Trey, or James on the outside, easy on the outside, that can bring it down and live to fight another down. So... You know, I, I just love what we're doing as a defense, running the ball, playing fast, playing physical, so absolutely. Dominant win today. Are, are you guys feeling pretty confident just in how you can play the rest of the season, or are you focused more on kind of the things you need to work on? 
Absolutely. We just want to take it week by week. You know, there's a lot we're still going to learn from this game. A lot of mistakes we made, things that we can correct. And next week is going to, you know, we're, our plan is to prepare and be the best team next Saturday. So you go, Ty Okada, one of our favorites around here. One more thought from the Bobcat defensive group. Daniel Hardy, he also had an outstanding day. He looks like one of the best speed guys in the league. Here's his thoughts. And this is going to lead me into a question I have for Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, who's joining me here, Coulter Nuanez on Nuanez now. I got a question about uh, internal expectations, but first, Daniel Hardy, Montana State. Do it again in a heartbeat. So, how did this compare to, to last week? Uh, I mean, we came out with the same mentality. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter who we play. We could be playing Alabama or we could be playing, you know, whoever it is, but we're going to come out with the same mentality. We want to win. We want to punch them in the mouth early and, you know, see if they can get into a fist fight. Spoke a lot about um, the way in which you've won. Um, obviously, the offense did their part also, but uh, on defense, is there a sense of pride of not leaving any doubts in this kind of a game? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's, I mean, that's always the thing on defense. Like, our job, I mean, our whole mentality is that our offense could go kick a field goal and we'll win the game. And that's how we want to handle our business, and that's how we want to attack teams. The Montana Football Hour here on ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. Montana Football Hour is presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine, they're buying, selling, and trading. They have great inventory, awesome luxury RVs, and they do service as well. So go check out Brett's RV and Marine, located at 4800 Grant Creek Road here in Missoula. Riley, that soundbite there from Daniel Hardy you could have removed his name and the voice from it, and it could have been a Grizz defender as well. And I think that is one parallel that both these teams have right now. They both talk about the internal expectation. It's not, by gosh, we went out and performed so great, we're so proud of ourselves. Nope, that's what our expectation is, is to perform this well. And I think that Montana, the way that they tackle in space, the only way you're going to really score on this team is if you hit a big play or have some sort of special teams breakdown that gives you a good field position. Other than that, I really don't see teams manufacturing drives against them, but it's sort of the same with Montana State because they have so much speed to eliminate angles. I mean, that's what college football has sort of uh, boiled down to is getting defensive players in space and making them miss. And that's why I think both these teams have a chance to be two of the best defensive teams in the country because they both tackle in space so well. But my question for you, though, is how important is that level of expectation? Because I think that that more than any other physical skill, is the thing that has both of these teams operating at an incredibly high level. It's everything, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. You said it with not li- with limiting big plays. The, the two aspects that you said, for really, and you could put both teams in there. You could insert Montana or Montana State with these expectations, but how are you going to score on them? They are daring you to go down the field, and you're going to have to go 12, 13, 14 plays, 70 yards, and tick time off the clock. The biggest play that Western Illinois had was 20 yards. They didn't have one play over 20 yards. And Washington had two plays over 20 yards. That was it the entire time. It's everything. In that locker room, they are built to dare teams to just, okay, try and dink and dunk it down the field on us. And then when you get behind the eight ball, you get behind schedule. I got a stat for you, Coulter, and I don't want to get too stat heavy on this. But in the last five games, the Grizzly defense, their opponents, 17% on third down. It's amazing. I mean, that... You just don't see numbers like that. that. That's exactly the other point worth making, too, is that I know that the uh, the 2019 season was such an interesting one in terms of analyzing the end of the year for the Grizzlies because they had 
what I would consider their breakthrough performance since Coach Houck returned against Weber State. In the regular season. They destroyed Weber in their final home game. The next week, they went and got shocked by, by Montana State. And Montana State dominated that game. And it was very eye-opening because Montana had dominated physically so much the week before. But then the Grizz go and hang 73 on Southeast Louisiana. And the fact that they lost because of a bunch of turnovers in a rainy night in Ogden sort of put a damper on that was actually one of the best defensive performances in the history of Grizz postseason football. What, they gave up like 110 yards? 113 total yards is all Weber got in that game. I mean, it was unbelievable. And so then you think about the carryover. If you extract the cat game out of the sample size and look at that Weber game, uh, the two Weber games and then the first two games of this year, it's one of the highest levels that Montana's defense has ever operated at, especially when you're analyzing it statistically. And it's only getting better. That, that's kind of the scary part out there is that they are finally understanding the scheme. Pat O'Connell came on the Grizzly Sports Report yep. yesterday, and he even said, hey, w- when we came in, we, didn't, we were confused. We didn't know what the heck was going on. Now they have it down, which yeah. is very frightening, I think, because they understand what Coach Bear is running and just the, the love that everyone has together. That's what makes it such a special combination. Let's hear from Bobby Houck, his thoughts. Just a couple sound bites here from Coach Houck. First, his opening statement. Uh, he was pretty proud of his guys. That was a good team effort. I'm impressed with the way we were able to bounce back from such a monumental win at Washington last weekend and not get too full of ourselves and come out and get a dominating win over a good football team. Um, defense was terrific. We're, we're gone on 115-plus minutes without being scored upon. Uh, I think that's pretty spectacular in this day and age. College football doesn't happen very much. I thought that Western Illinois had a really dynamic offense, and, and that was not the way it played out tonight in our stadium. So uh, the crowd was awesome. It was so cool to have them back. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I told these guys this week, that, you know, just wait and see. It's, it's going to be different than what you're accustomed to. Our, our students were awesome. Our crowd was awesome. Everybody's into it. Everybody's pulling together. Our team feeds off it. Um, it's, the, uh, it's the greatest setting in college football, right here at the base of the mountain in Long River. So it was a great night in the stadium. I'm glad you and Bobby Houck on the defensive execution. It's the Montana Football Hour here on Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Coach, when it comes to defensive execution, you, they were trying to run sort of these inside stretch plays with wide receiver reverses, stuff like that, to try to press the edge. But it seems like every player on your defense can set the edge. So just talking about that element, being able to you know, not really have any vulnerability interiorly or exteriorly. Yeah, it's my belief that we've got good if not great speed on defense it's shown up the first two weeks and they're hard to run around and you have to you have to body them up you have to win and we're doing a lot of different things on who's going to be the edge of the defense so that's hard to figure out to a degree and, and uh, they, they did not crack the code on that certainly and you know when you start looking at it this we were a when three-yard run does seem like a good gain, the defense was the story for Montana. 151 yards given up against Western Illinois. Six sacks, 11 tackles for loss. 
The Rears were all over the place. But there's a lot to talk to talk about on the other side of the ball as well. Honestly, the defense were the headliners for both Montana and Montana State. But and, and that's just by both teams scoring in the 40s. Right, totally. That's Ab- crazy. Absolutely, absolutely. But let's talk a little bit about the offenses. We'll do that next on the Montana Football Hour here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. The Grizz continue to dominate defensively. Brent Vegan earned his first win at Montana State, and Florence and Loyola each posted huge victories over the weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The Montana Grizzlies played their first game at Washington Grizzly Stadium since December 5th of 2019, drilling Western Illinois 42-7 in front of a capacity crowd under the lights Saturday night in Missoula. The Grizz defense has not allowed a single point in 115 minutes of game time and has given up just one offensive touchdown this season on an opening drive to the number 20 Washington Huskies in Seattle in Montana season opener. UM allowed Western Illinois just 151 yards of total offense, rolling up six sacks and 11 tackles for loss in the process. Montana senior Cam Humphrey threw five touchdowns and the Grizz rushed for 242 yards despite their top three running backs missing the contest with various injuries. The Grizz have a bye this week. Montana State opened its home slate with a 45-7 drubbing of Drake in front of a capacity crowd for MSU's annual Gold Rush game at Bobcat Stadium Saturday night. Matt McKay threw for 256 yards and three touchdowns, including two to Willie Patterson and MSU senior Lance McCutcheon hauled in seven passes for 121 yards and a 45-yard score as Vegan posted his first win as Bobcat head coach. Montana State hosts San Diego on Saturday. And finally, in the high school ranks, number one Florence destroyed number seven, three forks, 43-0, while Missoula Loyola pulled out a 2014 win over defending Class B State champion Manhattan in overtime. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Garden City Plumbing and Heating. ESPN Radio Missoula. Across the Treasure State each and every weekday, right here on World Tonight, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television, my good friend and colleague, Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, doing a meet in studio, and because it's the first hour of Monday's show, it's the Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Stockman Bank and Brett's RV and Marine. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors. Montana, a 42-7 excuse me, victory over Western Illinois, and Montana State, a 45-7 victory over Drake. The uh, key things to know in this game in each of these games, defense, defense, defense. The Grizz overwhelmed Western Illinois. Six sacks, 11 tackles for loss. 
The Bobcat defense, they allowed 24 total yards in the first half, and they kind of cruised from there. Drake's plan was to slow down Isaiah Fonse. They did that pretty darn well. But then uh, Montana State, they proved that they can go outside of what has won them a lot of games over the last several years, and they actually threw the ball. And Matt McKay threw for more than 260 yards. He threw three touchdowns. Lance McCutcheon went over 100 yards receiving. So a good day for him. And Montana, they were a little slow to start offensively, but then once they turned the corner, they had a huge run of momentum. They scored on a two-minute drill to close the first half, and then they scored on a basically a two-minute drill to open the second half. Uh, I had to go get some cords out of my uh, RV. By the way, shout-out to RV Truck Sales, too, as well, for uh, all their help. But uh, I had to go get some stuff real quick, so I was about two minutes uh, late coming back, and I could hear the cannon going off, and I was like, is that the cannon to summon the second half? Oh, no, the Grizz already scored in, like, 90 seconds. But, I mean, that had to be the, what you consider the turning point in the game. Well, I think the turning point to me was the touchdown before halftime with Mitch Roberts, for sure. I mean, that that, that play could have been absolute disaster, right? I mean, 14-7, to 7, time's running out. You're thinking, okay, are they even going to get any points? And then to flip the script there, the, Culture, they've been so good in the second half. I mean, the point differential is just mind-blowing with how they yep. just wear down teams. Well, they've been so good from start to finish. I mean, I, yeah, it's true. 115 minutes without a point surrendered by the defense because the Western Illinois touchdown, it came on a pick six. How about that? When was the last time that against two legit opponents that it was, it's been 23 straight drives now with no points? Washington scored on their opening drive, their final 11 drives, no points. 12 offensive drives for Western Illinois, no point. 23 in a row. I mean, that, that's a pretty impressive streak. And Especially the state of college football. It might continue a little bit with the next game being Cal Poly. No, no question. It, it's an impressive performance thus far for the Grizzly defense. I think that the thing about it is that you can talk about talent, you can talk about scheme, you can talk about execution. But to me, the reason the Grizz defense is playing at such a high level, it comes down to two factors, effort and focus. To not give up any any points for 23 consecutive opposing drives, that's nothing more than focus. Because usually when you give up one is when you're up 35-7 or up 42-7 and somebody just kind of misses a tackle and then you know people don't run the ball. This Grizz team's taking so much pride in running the football at every single play. How much of that do you think comes from the coaching staff, though, in the, in the sense where oh, so much. the entire time where these guys are competing for plays, they're competing to stay on the two deep that... Let's just say in the second half of that game, there was no let-up because those guys got an opportunity on the field. And if the Leathernecks went down and scored, they might not see the field for a long time again. So, I mean, you just see it. It's from the top down, Coulter, but you're seeing it work in motion. It takes – I probably for good measure, I didn't realize the process that it took, right, to, sure. to build the culture and to overtake a culture with an entire football team. Well, now I'm seeing it play out in front of me. It is mind-blowing and really impressive to see day-to-day. I, I've been around Bobby Houck for the majority, if not all, of his... Uh, I mean, I, I was obviously going to games his first couple of years here in 2003-2004, but i um, been covering him from a media capacity for, for most of his time at Montana between his first seven-year stint and then his last uh, couple of years. And the things we're talking about has always been trademarks of his teams. But I think right now, you can tell that this Grizz team, I think they have more uh, more buy-in than ever before. And also, though, I think that they're having as good a time as they ever had. Bobby Houck is so good at making every guy, 1 through 99, on the roster feel like his role matters a ton to the team. But right now, you can tell that every person on this team 
is taking great, great, great pride in their contribution. And every member on the coaching staff yeah. is as well. I mean, look at the resume again, Coulter. It's worth repeating. How is Kent Bear here? How right. is Tim Rose? Right. How is Brent Peace here? Sure. All the way down the line. And the preparation is just, you're right, even from special teams. That's why the special teams is so great. A guy gets on there for three plays. He takes pride in that because he's a member of the team and is contributing. Nuwana is now 102.9 ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran in studio with me, Coulter Nuwana. It's the Montana Football Hour presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine has more than 75 RV and boat brands to choose from. They offer the largest inventory anywhere under the big sky. Whether you're looking for luxurious Tiffin Ake diesel motorhomes or affordable Keystone travel trailers or anything in between, Brett's has it covered. Stop by 4800 Grant Creek Road and start on your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Riley, on the Bobcat side of things, I, I was so interested to see how they adjusted to the new scheme. But when Freddie Banks, the defensive coordinator, was sort of professing his vision in his first press conference, he said, the number one thing I want for this squad is I want to simplify everything. For It doesn't matter what your position is, if you're changing position, you know, tweaking, going from a, a buck end to a defensive end or an outside linebacker to a defensive end or a nose tackle to a D tackle or like Troy Anderson, an outside linebacker to an inside linebacker. So the number one thing I want is for these guys to be able to master the defense, know exactly what they're doing, and then play as fast as they can. And that's exactly what we're seeing in Bozeman, too. Um, I think that, to your point, though, to compare and contrast these two things, one, I think the Grizz defense is very complicated. It took me a couple years to even figure out what was going on, watching it, breaking it down, all that stuff. I think now that they have it mastered, it makes it even more complicated for opposing defenses. I mean, you heard Coach Elliott say there, he said, they run so many fronts, it's just so stressful because you never know what they're in, you never know where the pressure's coming from. Um, but on the Bobcat side of things, I don't think the scheme is nearly as uh, complicated, but the effort level has been just as high. And I think that for the Grizz, it was learning the scheme and then learning the actual required effort it plays to uh, it takes to play it. And, and Montana State, they're actually, I think, ahead of the learning curve when it comes to that element of it. But I know we're harping a lot, a lot, a lot on the defensive side of this thing, but these two teams, I mean, they're flying around, and it's really fun to watch. I think you could make the argument these are the two best defenses in the country. I, mean, I, know, I know that's very bombastic yep. to say that, but just watching the effort and the performance from the first two weeks, it'll be a fun jockeying for position all year long. And I I do have to give a lot of credit to what's going on in Bozeman. I mean, two first-time coordinators, Coulter, sure. I thought that was going to be a sharper learning curve. Yep. And, and again... Glass half full, glass half empty. You could look at it from a lot of different, I guess, perspectives. For Montana State, where's their first true measuring stick game? I think that the road game at Portland State will be a little bit of one, but I think it's not until October 15th, Friday night, under the lights at uh, Weber State when it's on ESPNU, the first Big Sky Conference ESPNU game. I mean, that's that's the game that sort of everybody's looking at. I mean, my brother, Brooks Nuanos, who helps me out with Skyline Sports, uh, we were talking, that's it. That's kind of like the, the next, after they had a good performance at Wyoming, Kind of the next measuring stick was going to be that that showdown in August, mid October, and five and one is going to be their record going yep, into that. Likely, uh, yep, very likely. And, and then the gauntlet starts. But for MSU, I think the schedule worked out great for them to where if they had to work out any kinks, and I thought there'd be more kinks in Me the too. first couple weeks, and, and it doesn't look like there's going to be. They have an absolutely overmatched San Diego team coming in this weekend. That should be a blowout win again. But the confidence is starting to build, and I think that's a huge word to talk about what's going on in both locker rooms. I knew there'd be confidence here in Missoula because it's been the same guys. They've been on the same page for a while. But the Cats are able 
or have been able to build their confidence sure. in that locker room. That hey, new coaching staff, the scheme works, our effort works. We're still really good, and I think it's going to be such a fun clash. I mean, the Big Sky Conference struck gold. Their two matchups that are going to be on the national spotlight are far and away their four best teams, yep. and they're playing each other in huge spots in the season. More than likely, the Grizz and Eastern are going to be undefeated, both in the top six when they're playing each other in three weeks. And then the matchup that you just talked about. Uh, the Cats at Weber State, that's more than likely a top 10 showdown again, and you're going to see big-time conference championship implications on those two games. Let's talk offense a little bit here on the Montana Football Hour. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas, Montana Football Hour, brought to you in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank, lending decisions are made by Montanans who understand Montana businesses. Stockman Bank has a strong commitment to our communities, and they take pride in giving back their Montanans, serving Montanans, so let Stockman Bank show you the Montana brand of banking today. Uh, in Bozeman, Matt McKay threw three touchdowns. Willie Patterson uh, caught a couple of those. He's been a guy from Tacoma who has um, been banged up throughout his Bobcat career, has never really got to showcase his true talents, but he did on Saturday. He looked good. Lance McCutcheon right now, uh, a storybook start to his season for the Bozeman native. Uh, he's a guy that's played a lot of football at MSU but has not gotten a lot of balls thrown his way because he's a 6'2", 210-pound receiver that was basically playing for a triple option team. So he was out there on the perimeter. Uh, you know, I mean, he was a, a, a integral factor because he was having to block all the DBs, but he wasn't getting very many chances. Well, uh, he had seven catches for 121 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so, so good progress for MSU's offense. In Missoula, the two biggest factors offensively were the fact that the Grizzlies run, ran for nearly, nearly 250 yards despite uh, being on what would technically be their like third, fourth, and fifth string running backs, maybe fourth and fifth and sixth. I mean, if you count Marcus Knight, right. it would be four, five, and six. Uh, amazing. And then the other factor is they got Malik Flowers involved. So we're going to talk about those two things. How is Montana rolling along and how much da- more dangerous is their offense because they have so much diversity? Keep it right here on ESPN Radio. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Radio Missoula. Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Radio, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. 
My good friend and colleague, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me here in studio. I'm Colter Nuanas. It's Northwest Motorsports Studio. Montana Football Hour, we do this the first hour of every Monday show, bringing in all of the best of the weekend that was for the Grizzlies, the Bobcats, maybe we get into some high school football. A reminder, I know high school football and high school sports, big deal around here. We obviously put a high priority priority on that here at Nuanas now. But we're going to be giving you a lot of high school football action on Tuesdays. And then we'll also get you prepped up for the upcoming week on Thursdays and Fridays as well. So uh, we just have so much to get to here on these Mondays, especially with both Montana and Montana State rolling. The Montana Football Hour is presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine right now, they're buying, selling, and trading. They have their end-of-summer clearance sale. Summer may be setting, but savings are on the rise. Go get pre-qualified today. You can stop by 4800 Grant Creek Road. And start your next adventure with the premier RV dealers in Montana. The Montana Football Hour also presented in part by Stockman Bank. I, I tell you this, as someone that is, uh, uh, I guess, in business with Stockman Bank, they took care of my mortgage for me, and it was so great. I mean, they helped me so much. I had no idea if I even could buy a house. I had no idea what the procedure was like. But I just went to Stockman Bank. They got me all set up with the right people. And... Uh, I couldn't have done it without them. So very cool of them. But if you need any sort of bank you need, particularly if you're in the market for a mortgage or uh, any sort of real estate transaction, head on down and see Stockman Bank. I see that we have a uh, text here from uh, a listener. By the way, 888 that's 406-888-1029. And you can uh, text that number and, and find us. Now to be clear... Yeah. These are comments flying in okay, on the okay. brand new YouTube channel, not actually oh, a text. Cool, very cool. That's right. Okay, so a couple a couple pieces to share here. First, hey guys, I love the YouTube stream. Any guesses on when the running backs can return? That's a good question. Seems like the FCS aren't giving the Grizz as high of votes as they maybe deserve despite their two wins. Do you think the national media is holding out for the EWU game? And finally, Coulter, how hard is it to interview Bobby? And have good questions both with him and the visiting coaches. Okay, so let's start. Uh, let's start at the the last question. I actually don't think it is hard to interview Bobby Houck. I know that's the narrative, but I always I express this sentiment on the show often, and I also always try to give our colleagues the same advice. You can't ask Bobby Houck open ended questions. You have to ask him a question. You have to start with the question and finish the question. And if you ask him the question, he'll give you a great answer. I love that you got that question, not me, from someone that has to ask him about 88 questions a week, it seems like, with coaches' shows and whatnot. I totally agree with you. I I think that it comes from lack of preparation for people that ask him open-ended questions. If you have a purpose behind your question and you can back it up, don't just throw something out there. Sure. If you want a generic question, yep. Bobby Houck will give you a generic answer if and a say, short answer. If you say, what does it feel like? Oh, my goodness. Or, or right. what was it like? He's not going to do it. you got to say, Coach, define defensive execution for me. Coach, How you know what's it like for your defense? I guess I, I should say, how are you able to set Finish the edge? Finish the thought, though. How are you able to set the edge so effectively? What does being able to set the edge effectively do for your defensive execution? What? what how you... did you disguise where Gavin Robertson was setting up pre-snap, exactly. Exactly. and how did that change what you wanted to do defensively? Exactly. If you like talking football, Coach Houck's a great guy. He loves football, it. Yeah. Football you just got to ask better questions. Let's go now into the, the first of those three questions. Any guesses on when the running backs can return? Uh, I'm not really going there in terms of injury timelines because this sort of stuff is very sensitive in this day and age of college football. But I will say this. Marcus Knight's out. 
for the foreseeable future, if not for the duration of this season. That remains to be seen, but he's certainly out for the, at least now and, and for the next while. Nick Osmo, I believe, will return to the fold, but uh, he's out right now on the shelf as well, and Xavier Harris did not play in this game either uh, on Saturday. Yet Montana still averaged almost, was it six or seven yards per carry? But they, uh, they Over six. Had, over six yep. per carry, 242 yards on the ground. Both Isaiah Childs and Junior Bergen had 75, 76 yards. And uh, it really didn't matter uh, who was getting the carries. I know that there's a lot of people that are a little bit surprised at the emergence of Junior Bergen. I mean, he came in as a wide receiver. He's only played running back for like a week. I'm not. I I think it's a plug-and-play position, especially when you run a zone-blocking scheme like Montana. And Bergen has exceptional field vision. I saw it in high school, so I was not surprised. I mean, if you just keep it simple for him, say, hey, outside stretch, take the play. Find the seam, hit the gap. I mean, he's he's a dynamic athlete, and Isaiah Childs was great too. You said it great with the plug and play. I, I think that as fans and everyone out there, we we get infatuated with quarterback, running back, wide receiver, those skill positions. Well, guess what? Coach Halk and Montana are built reverse. There, they feel that the quarterback shouldn't be the number one guy. That that the whole offense revolves around a running back. You know, whoever's available is who we're going to go with. And I thought that the field vision was great. I thought that. You look at someone like an Isaiah Childs. He'd been waiting for this opportunity for a while. Um, and, and Junior Bergen, my gosh. I mean, the guy two weeks ago was a wide receiver, and I fully expect him to go back to wide receiver when the. Really? Yes, I do. I, I do think he could go. He's a guy that could just play anywhere. He's a slash. He, absolutely. I mean, yeah. he, and especially with how much that Coach Peace, Coach Rosenbaugh, and everyone else love to just make this offense multiple. I mean, I see him being such a hybrid guy during his Grizzly career and obviously an immediate impact. But from the running back situation, I do think that there's a chance, this sounds crazy, that you could see all three of those guys by the end of the season. Now they're all going to be on different timelines, and everyone can find out the hard way. If you are if you continue to try and ask Coach Houck about injuries, you're not going to get there with them. And, and it's truly a week-by-week deal. I think that Xavier Harris is probably the the most likely to come back soon. And uh, he was someone, Coach Houck even told me pregame, he was 50-50 for, for the contest. So he, that goes to show you how close he was. A lot of this, and we talked about this in August when maybe it wasn't such a big factor. But these two games you could treat as a little bit of a ramp-up where you wanted to get everyone healthy because of the early bye. And the Grizzlies, with them having the bye week this week, I think that was a huge decision on why they held Xavier Harris out. And finally, uh, a guy we got to touch on because he, when I first showed up to camp and saw him when he was a freshman, I, I, I thought to myself, wow, who's that guy? Because he looks the part. He's big. Um, he's put together. And he's one of the fastest players in the country. And then when he first started getting kick return reps, he's lightning in a bottle. And uh, he's just a, he's a, a touchdown waiting to happen. But we've seen how awesome Malik Flowers can be with the ball in his hands and in space. But he's been in this log jam at the wide receiver position for uh, the Grizzlies. I believe he only had one catch uh, coming into the spring season. Correct. He had several catches in the spring. They got him a little bit more involved. But even then, I mean... When you're when he caught a couple passes early, he got a first down in the first quarter, and I was looking at Eric Taylor, Montana State or Montana, excuse me, Sports Information Director. How many career catches does he have? And when you can add them up on you know less than ten, uh, that shows you just how long he has been waiting his turn. That said, he got involved in a big way on Saturday. Uh, caught multiple touchdown passes. 
uh, 100 yards receiving. On three catches, uh, was, which goes to show you every play was a big one. Exactly. And so uh, just cool for him to get more involved in the offense. And the coaches had been telling us that, hey, Malik Flowers was the number one. Re- that receiver room is loaded, as you mentioned, for a long time. And it's been waiting for Malik to get that opportunity. And the coaches had been praising Malik Flowers all of fall camp. And even in, in offseason workouts that he is going to have a breakout year. Well, it, it took until game two for us to finally feel that. And, and that's just another weapon in the arsenal for Montana. I I mean, where would you rank the four receivers? That's probably a conversation for a different day. But as of right now, I mean, you've got the likes of Sammy Akem, who has been very quiet these first two games despite two awesome wins. Mitch Roberts, Gabe Solcer, Keelan White, Malik Flowers. It is just... Um, uh, a lot of riches, let's just say, when it comes to the wide receiving core. But it was really cool for Malik to get involved, not only in the return game, but the passing game as well. I, uh, I've always thought this, though, that um, during Bobby Huck's first tenure, Montana had this reputation as a team that just ran the ball down your throat. And, I mean, obviously when you have NFL running backs like Lex Hilliard and Justin Green and Chase Reynolds, those guys are going to steal a lot of headlines because they're all, I mean, they all got drafted. They all played in the league for a long time. That offensive line was just so dynamite as well. But an embarrassment of riches as wide receiver is been a, th- a thing at Montana for a long time. I mean, those mid-2000s teams, Mark Mariani also got a lot of headlines, but Ryan Bagley, Mike Ferreter, Eric Allen, Craig Chambers. I mean, there was dudes. The thing is, none of them had the, the postseason accolades that they deserve because they all spread they spread the ball around all the time. No, there was no such thing as a 1,000-yard receiver except for when Mariani was a senior. And I think you're going to see that this year, of too. Course. I really do, that you're going to see it spread around a lot and – Oh, my gosh. My favorite, though, is trying to ask Coach Houck a question post-game. And Greg Sundberg did it this week. Goes, so tell us how Malik got involved. Coach Houck's favorite answer. Well, Cam just threw it where the ball is supposed to go. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those deals. But there's just so many weapons around. And that's a, that's a great point with Malik Flowers. The, the final part of that I, I'm interested in, though, too, about the national voters. Because I am one of those 50 national voters. Yep. And, and your thoughts on before we wrap up the Montana Football Hour, on the top five, top six in the country. I think it's pretty consensus who the top five are. Yeah. And then you have a next tier of teams that I would really put Weber, Eastern, and the Cats are in there right now yep. as well. But how would you maybe assess the top five, top ten right now, Colter? Well, I think that the fact that... Um, I think that there is some recency bias. The teams that played in the spring are getting a lot of votes. And uh, Montana only kind of played in the spring, but it wasn't really relevant on a national level. So I do think that, on one hand, it's hard to put anybody above the defending national champion, Sam Houston, or South Dakota State, who played for the national title. But it's also hard for me to believe that there's anybody that's operating at a higher level than Montana is right now. So uh, to be determined, I suppose. The thing is, at this level, if you keep on winning... The ranking will take care of itself. Yes, it will. And that's the one thing Coach Houck's preaching as well. It it creates a great conversation that we will have on a different day of, should there even be a poll before October 1st? Because that's a big part of this thing, too. You mentioned it. You're right. Sam Houston doesn't deserve to be overtaken. But if you just take the results from week one and week two, it might be a different shakeup if you didn't do a preseason ranking. That's all. This has been the Montana Football Hour. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanez here and the Northwest Motorsports Studio. The Montana Football Hour is presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine has a end-of-summer clearance sale. Summer may be setting, but savings are on the rise. So head on down to 4800 Grand Creek Road and start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. The Montana Football Hour is also presented proudly by Stockman Bank. As Montana's brand of banking, Stockman Bank is proud to sponsor and support Grizz and Bobcat Athletics. Good luck to the Grizzlies and the Bobcats. 
throughout the Big Sky Conference and overall regular seasons. And thank you to all the players for your hard work and dedication. Go Grizz, go Bobcats, Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking member, FDIC. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Marty Morningway. Can't wait to talk some NFL with a guy that knows it better than anybody in the state of Montana. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 